Thanks for waiting. No problem. I did trip on my way in there, and I was wondering, uh, if I had fallen, how died. long would you have stayed on the microphone <laughs> and died? Like, how long would you, uh, do you think you would wait? Uh, a good would, long time, I bet. I would probably wait a few minutes, but I'd, I'd, not too long, because I can hear you. And so if you had fallen and passed out, and I wasn't hearing anything, I'd probably text you. Uh, and then when I didn't get a reply, I would call you. And then when I didn't get an answer, I would dial 911 in the Boston area. Because <laughs> <laughs> it'd be embarrassing if you dialed the wrong 911. Right. And some Tim Blevins who had not fallen was being assisted. Exactly. Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. And Tim, how are you, sir? I'm okay. I didn't know if that was too fast. I was no, doing, I thought that I, was good. Yeah? Not, not hot at all. It wasn't, it wasn't hot. It wasn't hot on the mic. And it's not hot in this apartment, because oh. right now we're in the middle of a cold snap of upwards of nine degrees, and I'm really feeling that. Yikes. And talking about it, even though we just talked about it, I'm also talking about it as part of the show, because I don't know when the music that <laughs> plays is going to end. It's, it's, about so. the, it's about to cut out right now. Okay. Well, I, there I think it went. maybe we should, hey. too. <laughs> I hope you're right, because I don't want to have to line that up. Uh, but I'm doing all right. Um, Excellent. And then and, and yourself, you said? Uh, doing well. Doing well. And I've enjoyed this past week uh, listening to our topic today. It's it's uh, an album I haven't listened to in a while. Which I guess we're getting right into. Isn't so, that what we're we supposed to do? I, I don't know. I sometimes look at the show notes. I'm like, oh, four minutes seems to be the, the going rate before the topic <laughs> comes up. Only because I was listening today to a podcast and I was realizing more and more and more podcasts do have a full five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes of the host making their life seem like it matters. Got it. <laughs> Maybe whining a little bit or complaining about being sick all the time. And I realized, well, we do that too, I guess. And maybe that's the natural progression of podcasts or maybe that's just... If I was to think about it, maybe I do it, you don't, because you're not uh, a narcissistic prick, I guess, the way that sometimes I feel like I am when I look at my Instagram feed or anything that I do online for well, attention. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe I, I just, I, I feel like because we do such pre-show prattle that doesn't get uh, into the episode. But, but it is uh, in the show notes as 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 a wordy. We're really pushing the show notes this episode. Check them out, everybody. They you tell should. you what you're listening to as you listen to it. They're very informative. They, they get you where you're going. They they tell you where you're at. <laughs> um, we do talk a lot before the show. Is that what you're saying? So now we don't have to. That's, <laughs> so that's dead partially. Air that's week. partially where, where my mind goes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're not. Also, you're not narcissistic. I think that's great. Oh, thanks. And I say that the force of segue saying, I think what we're talking about today plays into something. I don't know if it's narcissism, but it definitely plays into something that I, I that I'm 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 uh, I'm, I'm probably should just save till it comes up so it sure. makes sense. No, I think I know where you're going because I'm not narcissistic. I don't think I am, but I do feel like I'm more of the themes of this album. You do. Oh, yeah. 
And so, the, the listeners, we are apparently talking about an album today, although when we say album, for me at least, it means compact disc. I had this on compact disc. As did and do I. As did and do you. And yes, right, we're doing a, a, a segment called Compact Discussion today, where we take an album that uh, we were listening to in the 80s or 90s, and we're going to basically go through it track by track uh, by track. So hopefully it's an album you enjoy, otherwise that's going to get uh, redundant. But uh, Bob, what what is the album we're talking about, and maybe a little bit why? Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Green Day's Dookie, which is in fact their third album, uh, as I understand it. I for the longest time thought it was well, not for the longest time, but initially thought it was their debut, but it's their third album, Dookie. It's their uh, debut on that label, I think. Whatever label is, that's released, true. I think it's their major uh, Ma- label major debut. label debut. We can go with that. Uh, and we're talking about it because uh, it came out uh, 25 years ago. It did. actually. February came... 1st, 1994. I wish we had timed this a little better because I think this will be up in January, a week before that. But that's true. And I guess you answered what I, how I was going to start this whole thing. Like you weren't aware of Green Day prior to this album. No. You? No, I was not. Uh, this, was, this was my intro to Green Day. And where was it? Where did you first hear it or realize they were a thing? Um, well, it was at college. Um, so 94 would have been the second half of my freshman year. And I can't quite remember. I can't pinpoint this. I have a very distinct memory of being home uh, in the summer. And I'm not sure if it was after my freshman year or after my sophomore year. No, it had to be after my freshman year. Yeah, so we after, had this sophomore year. We had this going into '94, both. Of us. Yeah, but but I'm saying my memory this summer. I was I was in a car with my girlfriend at the time, her good friend, and I think it was her boyfriend. Now my girlfriend's friend and her boyfriend, I knew them kind of peripherally in high school. They were kind of, you know, they smoked, and if you smoke, you're not. You know, hanging out with me because I wasn't really into those kids that smoked. I didn't hang out with them because they generally I also through most of our friendship. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking in high school. High school, clean okay. Bob of high school. Um, but so you're also, saying these 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 were a different clique of kids. Different clique. They were school, kind of the, they were the smokers. They were the jean jacket wear jean jacket wearers. They were jean the punks. jaguar wearing like G- yeah, ravage, but totally. made of denim. Denim. They they were before I knew what punk was. I guess they were the punks of the school. Um, so I didn't really hang with them, but my girlfriend was friends with, uh, had a friend who was dating one of them or was very close to one of them. And so I remember being in a car driving around and I can't remember what song it was, but a Green Day song came on the radio and they were like, oh, that's that new band. They were like talking about it. And I had already known who it was. And so that was kind of a cool moment for me that I kind of kept to myself but I've always I've, that's a memory that will stick with me is that these are the the cool kids, so to speak, that knew punk bands and were into that music that I was afraid of at the time, uh, basically. And here I was now coming home from college. I already knew about this band and they didn't, and it was kind of a cool cool moment for me. And you like? Did you like them yet? Did you like this band at this point? Yeah, I, I liked them right away. Like I liked the 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 singles that I was hearing right away, and I got the album pretty soon thereafter. 
Now you're saying punk, you're calling it punk music. It's a term you're doing. And just based on the story you just told and coming out of high school, was punk something as a genre? Like, what did that mean to you at that point? What was punk music? Because it's a term that's been used since the 70s. Yeah. It's thrown around multiple times. What did punk music mean to you in, I guess this would be 1994? Yeah, well, 1994, I think it probably still meant to me kind of the scary, uh, piercing, having... Uh, no, 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 I'm serious. I was not bright. Uh, just the scary kind of music. This punk was well, also established dangerous. For listeners, if they don't know, you're drugs. growing up in a small town. Yeah. You're growing up in Oneida, New York. So I don't need to establish this. All of our listeners know where I've come from, right? Don't I they? do? And yeah. I'm a high percentage <laughs> of the listeners. You're right. No, well, I'm just yeah, saying, because no, I think I it's very... important to put that into perspective if yeah. someone doesn't know. I'll remind people that uh, in high school, my favorite bands were Huey Lewis and the News and Harry Connick Jr. So that should say something about my knowledge of punk <laughs> at that time. Um, and so getting into college and hearing Green Day, and it was, to me, very accessible uh, punk. Not that it would be classified by other punks as punk, perhaps. But, you know, that's that's how I saw it. How did you see it? I think punk as a word, again, I think when it happened in the 70s, it was this fashion, it was this jagged anger, it was a rebellion. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so as a kind of music, it was new. But it's also punk musicians of the time, depending on who you looked at. You know, you might be talking Ramones, you might be talking... Uh, television, you might be talking Patti Smith, depending on who you're talking, they have their own inspirations of what they listen to that filter in. So I think as punk continued as a genre, just something that existed, I don't know exactly what it was in the 80s, but punk in the 90s was kind of these short songs, fast bursts of music. Yeah. Scrawny kids, you know, making loud music on independent labels. I mean, that was punk to me, and I liked the idea of punk. I liked the concept of punk. I knew the Ramones... Um, I don't know who else I knew at that point, but uh, so when this came along, when Green Day came along, I I don't think I first I must have heard them on the radio because I knew who they were, but I I really knew knew them going into sophomore year, and, and the reason I think I got this album was I knew them because of a uh, sort of infamous uh, free concert. Oh, that yeah. they performed mm-hmm. um, September 9th, 1994. So this album had been out for a few months, had a couple singles probably. They performed a free concert in Boston on something called the Esplanade, which is this nice place for concerts, outdoor area right by the Charles River. It's where people go to watch the fireworks. Exactly. It's where the Boston Pops plays. It's this yeah. beautiful area. They do a nice thing of free concerts. And um, right before I came back to college uh, – Green Day was booked as one of the acts. I think they were the second act of the night. So wait, you weren't back in at school? Cuz no, it was I, I wasn't there. I wasn't at the show either. That's the thing. Yeah. A friend of mine went. But no, this was before we would have been back to school. I was uh, there. I, I was I was in Boston. Oh, that, really? That that night. I did not go to it. Oh. Um, but I was there because I was on the uh, the orientation staff. Okay, so you so you and were so right I was there, there. I was there yeah. ahead of time getting getting things ready. And uh, I found out about it the next day oh. <clears throat> because um, the, the the Esplanade and the Hatch Shell, where they performed, um, as as you know, Tim, our dorm 100 Beacon overlooks that area. 
And so I heard from a lot of people from living in 100 Beacon who had listened to the concert and watched the, the whole riot uh, unfold. Well, that's the thing. It was uh, 20 minutes into their set, they were shut down yeah. by this violent riot. People throwing bottles, people shouting. It was like 65,000 people was the number I saw. And there were right. police barricades. Cops came in and they basically had to evacuate the Esplanade and get everybody out of there. Yeah. And I just, because it was a band I knew the name of, you know, because it was an area I knew, the Esplanade, like you're saying, right by campus. I mean, I think that concept of an experience and that concept of a little rickety punk band hit me, I think, then the way like the Sex Pistols hit in the 70s, you know, this Mm. idea of this whole persona blowing through the music, the people playing the music, the fans and tearing and trashing the place up. I mean, that to me, Green Day was a real punk band because they ripped up an area I knew (laughs) and they couldn't get more than 20 minutes into their set. So that I think by the time I returned to college, which would have been a week after that, maybe, or two weeks after that, I, if I hadn't already, I think that's when I purchased a copy of, of, um, of Dookie that we're talking about today, because in my mind, it was kind of like, this is punk. This oh, was yeah. new to me. This, And it's I, silly I to look so at Green Day now. I was pissed at myself for not having thought to go to that concert. Having so heard yeah. after the fact what happened, I was like, why the hell didn't I go to that? And I'll tell you seemed... why, because I actually hadn't known that they were performing. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that it was happening until after. <laughs> but then I was pissed that I didn't know. I wish I had paid more attention and, and figured that out. I just the, it it set up for me this idea that this was a dangerous band. Sure. And to top that off, I also liked the sound of the band. And this is early to mid nineties. This is coming off of and out of grunge. You know, I think when Nirvana hit a few years before that, Nirvana was this dangerous band. I think Nirvana changed a lot of people's lives and perceptions of music. It didn't hit me that way. I kind of was into the music that came out of that Pearl Jam and um, other, you know, that's the only one I can think of right now. But, you know, the the, the grunge mu- movement after that was what I knew. I didn't know the big explosion of Nirvana the way other people did. But this, mm. I felt like I was kind of there for it. I got the album. and. Yeah. and 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 to get the album, I know there was probably one or two radio singles, but to get the album to put it on, what's the first track on this? What's the first track on, on Dookie? It opens with a song called Burnout. Yeah. And right off the bat with that start, even then, my impression was this band is British. <laughs> Which sure. I think... Yeah. Uh, what's Bill, Billy Joe Armstrong's voice? He has a weird British snarl, and that I think because I thought that's where punk, you know, with the Sex Pistols and stuff came from, that was appealing to me. That had already a snotty sound to it. Uh, it was appealing that it was British to to your I, I knowledge. Think so yeah, yeah, because yeah, it was a different sounding voice and it fit that kind of fast dirge music. So you didn't know that they were not British. I don't know if I was thinking about it. I guess mm. I didn't. I guess I didn't. Conf- I didn't know who they were really. I didn't know where they were from. I right. hadn't really pieced it together because they look like fans of seventies punk albums. They look like how if I was to dress myself as a punk, <laughs> I would dress like them. I mean, they fit that, so I thought they could very well be British. But there's something yeah. about that that made it seem like, oh yeah, of course they're going to be little snotty punks, and and I I can like this, and 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 so as the song hit, I mean, it's it's. The lyrics that I could make out were things like shit town life. I'm not growing up. I'm just standing down. And yeah. 
those lyrics, I mean, the music is driving. It's got a nice rhythm to it. But those kind of lyrics that right at the start, that opening is kind of, that was a call to attention for 18-year-old me. That got my attention immediately because it was words that were kind of aware of this idea of a stalled out life, of life kind of stumbling, stopping, being pointless, you know, which hit me because it sounded very eloquent the way they were phrasing it because mm-hmm. they were British <laughs> in my mind. But also just that, I think that's what I was listening for that, you know, we've talked in the past about the replacements and that's something I found in them too. This, this was a band that was acknowledging a little bit of nihilistic sort of just defeat already at age, what, 20, you know, I was 18, they were probably 22. So that gets me right off the bat that, drew me in that this probably would matter. And it gets you kind of like it got me just with a couple phrases because mm-hmm. you can't really, if you're not reading along with the lyric sheet, you don't always, especially when we were first hearing it, you don't always know what what's being said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just know it's in a foreign language, British, and that uh, those those key phrases will pop out and and those key words that just hit you as, yeah, that's that's where I am. So were you relating to that? Was this kind of a mindset for you? It was interesting. I kind of felt like it was, uh, you know, a little little apathy here, a little bit of confusion. Um, They sing about confusion on almost every song, it seems. Um, (laughs) And just not not sure what you're doing with your life or why you're even there. Um, And so, yeah. Uh, And again, it was like key phrases and words. I don't know that I always got every... Every full song uh, from Green Day's Dookie. Um, this week I did. I made sure to go back <laughs> and make sure I was listening to everything. So, um, I, and I found it even better this week. Oh, you did. Uh, so you you like this more now? I like this album just as much as I did then. Maybe yeah, maybe a little more. It's fantastic. I love this album. It's a pretty seamless album in that sense. I mean, I think if if we go right into the next track, having a blast. I mean, that that it could very well be, and this isn't a knock, it could be the same songs. Oh, yeah. They're short enough. Because like with this one, it was sort of like I heard the no one is getting out alive. To me, it's nothing, kind of the droning ideas of that. Once again, it was catchy, and it was cynical, and it was the the, the defeated. <laughs> I mean, this these fucking songs already, this was my 90s rebellion, you know, that whole whatever mentality that was kind of the 90s. I think you said apathy. Did I hear you say that? I did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is a big part of, I guess, what Generation X or whatever we were in the 90s. That's that's a generalization, but that's there. And these songs were touching on that. You know, like you said, I didn't know all the lyrics, but it was enough to get that something in these songs felt, I don't want to say like an anthem, They but they felt very connected to where I was at and very much these were people writing from my perspective I felt like what do you think of having a blast the second track um yeah I agree with you I, I find it funny well I don't know if funny is the right word but I always find it interesting when the songs are driving poppy uh, energetic fun uh musically and then lyrically they're just dark and sad and broken and having a blast uh as much as i you know knew the 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 ending lyrics uh uh to me it's nothing to me it's nothing to me it's nothing over and over again um i never really realized what the song was about until this week um 
in that it's basically a murder-suicide type of thing. Having a blast is about actually blowing yourself and those around you up. And oh. I just, I yeah, did you not know? I didn't know that. That's how I'm at, that, that's how I'm interpreting lines like, I'm taking all you down with me, explosives duct taped to my spine, nothing's oh, going to change my mind. That, that's how I interpreted. Yeah, I guess that's the, pretty direct. The wow. lyrics of having a blast. Huh. But I, like you said, not hearing all the lyrics, I didn't grab that. Yeah, but 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 like musically, like I'm just rocking. It's like I'm tapping my feet, I'm bobbing my head. This is like a good time, except life sucks so much that I'm going to kill myself and take you with me. Now, would that be did you know those lyrics at the time, do you think? Did you know you're listening to that at 19? Would that have been relevant th- to you? I probably at the time would hear the refrain, you know, uh, no one's getting out alive. I kind of would always interpret that as, you know, uh, relationships. And it's like, well, this isn't going to work for us. None of us, are, neither of us are going to be happy in, in a relationship. So musically, I would often take whatever was being, whatever I heard and, you know, interpret it in, well, how does this relate to a boy, girl, you know, man, woman, man, man, woman, woman relationship and, um, that's probably what I thought at the time. So already two songs in, we're missing some of this album. Yes. Yeah. 19-year-old fans. We're not getting, or maybe not at the point that... I mean, again, it's done with humor. I think it's a humorous take. I mean, that is kind of funny, having a blast, but... Yes, the, with, the lyric, with the title, yes. It represents a better understanding of nihilism than how I would have been saying it at the time. Because that is, wow, okay, I didn't... I guess I didn't get that. <laughs> but it's it's hard to get that because the music is so um I don't want to necessarily say upbeat, although it kind of is, but it's just so th- thriving and and energetic and and it 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 would be sort of the thing I would want to listen to if we were going to be going out or something later that night. I'd put this album on uh, because the 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 musicality of it would psych me up. Moving on to the next, uh, Chump is the third track. Do you, I never really listened to this one, to be honest. I didn't recognize it, but it's a 15 track album, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is, this is one. I mean, again, I, I really played this album a lot. Uh, when I was making mixtapes, songs off of this would, would always find it onto a mixtape, whether it was for someone else or for me. Um, and if it, if I was putting a song from this, uh, I generally would pick something that wasn't one of the singles, uh, which I think is something you do as well. Um, sure. And I, I Chump was was often picked. I like this. Now, song. why do you like it then? Because uh, again, it didn't stick with me. I like it, but I didn't remember it. Um, trying to put this into words because uh, that's our job on this podcast. Well, it's it's the main it feature we're working with, right? Yeah. Um, musically, I loved it. It just again was another driving song. Um, but I, I like the idea, well, not, not like, but I, I, uh, relate to the idea of it's somebody else's fault. Um, and this is probably a fault of my own that, that I relate to that, but it's like, it's a song about some unknown entity being the cause of all of my problems or this guy's problems in the song. Uh, and I could relate to that because it's like, as much as you try to do something somebody else is doing it better or somebody else keeps you from doing your thing and uh and that just bugs me and 
I, uh, that's, I think, why I connected with the song then and continue to connect to it today. Now, were you getting that at the time from other bands, other music, that sensation of sort of, because that's a little bit of a, you're glorifying your own position, victimizing yourself, which is something you do as a teenager. You know, it's someone else. It's not me if I'm hearing you right. Was there other music that also supported and fed that that you would have been listening to at the time? Uh, I don't know if there was supporting that particular specific thing. But, you know, I mean, with all music, you find something that you're going to relate to. Oh, no, of course you do. I'm just wondering, we're both very entwined into liking this album already. I'm just wondering when it came along at that time, was this just a new kind of experience to be hearing this this kind of sentiment, to be relating to a musician? I mean, in 19... So they're only a couple years older than we are. Uh, Yeah, I mean, to, to... To go back again to what I was listening to in high school, uh, Huey Lewis in the News wasn't singing about angst. Um, Harry Connick Jr. was was all about romance. And so as much as I felt like I could relate to some of the things those guys were singing about, I didn't have a band that I could enjoy listening to, but then also relate to the lyrics and, and some of the topics and themes they're singing about. And so, yeah, this was like, oh, hey, it's so there's 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 music out there that, that talks to the 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 pain and some of the suffering I feel like I, I have in my life. Talks to your age. I mean, yeah. I've, I've heard you say before, Huey Lewis and Harry Connick, I think those are the people you wanted to be. Am I right on that? It was kind of like yeah. they're, they're fun guys, romantic guys, you just said. Yeah. Someone to aspire to, like me growing up I'm wanting to be Richard Lewis and then these older people. But to, to the importance, I think, and it's odd to maybe not hear. Well, I guess it's not odd because when you're a teenager, unless you're getting deep meaning, and you can, by the way, out of Debbie Gibson or Tiffany, there aren't musicians in your age bracket necessarily singing about what you're in the midst of. They're singing about things that you're striving for. Same yeah. with movies and comics. We were at an age at 19, 18 or 19 when this is hitting. They're just a couple years older. So there is this point of reference. So to hear some music playing in the now, this was a new album. And to hear some musicians singing on that album about things that struck exactly where you were. I mean, it sounds like that was a new experience for you. Uh, yeah, it really was. Um, and one that that, you know, I kind of threw myself in like i said i played this album all the time um and i and it kind of it was an introduction to other musicians and other bands uh another other forms of music that uh really started to grow for me and open me up and 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 uh yeah it was it was it's it's hard to talk about it now as something being new because now it's stuff I've listened to for years and years and years. So it's it's hard to remember that feeling. Um, but yeah, it was definitely different than than what had come before for me. And it was, and maybe other ones were like this for you too. But but for me, I mean, it was a full album. I mean, this song, Chump. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can hear it if you know to listen for it. It has hints of the next song in it, Longview, which is the next track. It kind of leads right into that with some of the same bass lines. And I don't know if that's something albums do as much anymore, just because of how we listen to music. But 
you know, this idea of songs interconnected as an album, that this right. is the order you near, need to listen to them. This is the way you listen to them. This whole first side kind of plays through that in a way, thematically, and some of the music being connected. And I wonder if that's, again, and there was other music like that. Every Led Zeppelin album was like that, you know, and stuff I listened to was like that. But that does make for a continual listening experience when you're putting in a disc and letting it just play through that I think that takes you from song to song. Because getting into Longview, I mean, this I think this was the first single off the album, right? Yes. Track four. Yeah. And And, and based on this song alone, like if I had just heard this on the radio and that was it, I, I don't think I would have cared for the band. Isol- like this is a weird one to have be their first single taken off of the album. It's it's fine. It's 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 a fine song, but it's it's not it's not really what I would have been looking for in a song. It's not the best representation of them, and it's just kind of it's got some nice lyrics to sit around and watch the tube, but nothing's on. I mean, that's that was me at that time. But but and the drums are great. But this this particular song is it's weird. The, some of the songs they picked as their singles are not the ones I listen to. Do you like Longview? Do you go to that song? Um, you know what? I probably don't go go to it as as often as some of the others here. I do like it, um, but, but it's not what got you to get this album. No, no, I don't think it was. Yeah, it's. It's maybe because it's maybe more of a universal type of of lyric. There, it's not as uh, 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 not as dark as perhaps you know, like having a blast and some of the other things on the album. Um, and so maybe that's why that choice was made. Does it feel insincere, topic wise? No, I don't think so. I, I think it's it's not as as deep. And maybe not as deeply personal as some of the other songs, um, and so maybe it it has a bit of uh, just sort of these generic uh, type of lyrics to it. Uh, but I still think, you know, I still think it has relatable uh, aspects that that we've been talking about. I do too. I just think because you know you're just saying it's hard to exact, exactly think about how this album hit, knowing it's so big. This song doesn't make me think this is a big this band's a big deal. The song oh, yeah. would not get my like I said would not get my attention on the radio and yet it's what this band thought was the best representation of this album that hits deep. I mean that's and again it's not a bad song it's just it's it would have been I would have forgotten it if it wasn't for the fact that it was um a radio single. The same with the next song, the track 5 Welcome to Paradise which was another single. Um, it's one of my least favorite songs on the album. It's still good, but again, you know, cause they all share this DNA. So they sound similar, but I mean, this one, I guess feels more than Longview feels a little forced. Do you like Welcome to Paradise? Yeah. I like Welcome to Paradise. Um, Why is that? Do you find something in that that's maybe not there in Longview? Uh, well, I mean, no, I don't know. Again, it's, it's a safer song. In a way, because it's it's basically just talking about, you know, going out on your own. Here's where I live now. It's not the best place. Um, some people will call it shitty. Some will call it nice. Uh, welcome to paradise. But, so it's it's pretty basic. But Is it's that just, the lyric? Some people call uh, it shitty. Some will call it nice. Yeah, I don't know if they say shitty. But I'm, oh, look, okay. I'm looking at the lyric sheets. Let me find the exact line. I don't know, that, that's okay. I'm um, trusting you. I was just like, again, I don't know the lyrics to all these songs. Some call it the slums. Some call it nice. So not shitty, but the slums. And I, I, I didn't relate to it at the time, 
uh, because I wasn't necessarily out on my own for the first time and I was living on campus and and in Boston. And so it was nice. It wasn't like I had, you know, uh, after college when, you know, we were living in apartments together and, and, you know, maybe the, the heat didn't work and, and the, the cupboards were cracked and, you know, it was kind of a shitty place, but it was our place. So it was paradise. So I probably would have, if I had been listening to it more then, uh, would have related to it more, but, um, certainly like, again, it's the music, it's the chords, it's the, the rock and roll, man. I really enjoyed that part of it. And again, it is a good song. It's just it's it doesn't it the the, the yeah the music and the rock and roll is fun and definitely different than what I was listening to enough different enough but not not touching my soul you know, right. just touching my rhythms or whatever. It's just um, talking about where you live now. I guess yeah. so. And it's almost like a three in a row because then track six pulling teeth. This one is also kind of forgettable. Oh yeah, I. I I liked it more at the time. I liked the sort of uh, unexpected role reversal in an abusive relationship. Oh, I thought it was about a nurse. It's not, is it? <laughs> um, maybe it He's is. He's not busted maybe it, up. I'm, maybe I did it wrong. Is he busted up from a physically abusive relationship? Yeah, that's what I thought. Really? Yeah. God, I'm missing because there's no way I could have related to that at 18. Well, he, so I was, <clears throat> the part that that kind of did it for me is the line where he's like, um, "Where is it?" Basically saying, "Just, just make sure I tell her I love her. Uh, just keep saying uh, my love is true." That that line, you know, as long as you know. So th- that's why I thought it was not necessarily uh, uh, healthcare related. <laughs> I mean, in Canada, this would they, they would be they'd be all set, but here in the states, no, not healthcare related. And, and Tim, wow, uh, I, I'm missing all of well, this. Well, just to, to bring the point home on that song, I've, I actually am looking at the lyrics in the in the CD liner. Uh, there's a it's all uh, comic art inside around the lyrics, and there is a picture of a of a woman uh, angrily punching <clears throat> a man who has bandages around his head and X's in his eyes. So it's uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it's about. Now, is it a funny song then, or is it? I mean, well, I, I at what the do time you do with this? at the time I kind of thought it was a humorous take on that, uh, but I was a dumb kid uh, listening to it, re-listening to it now. Uh, it's just a serious type of of song. Like I don't think there's really no jokes in it. It's really just. Uh, from the point of view of, of a man in an abusive relationship as opposed to the woman. And it's all the same things that that uh, would happen to, to a female. It's happening to him. Um, but there's a tone. To, there is a joke in it because there's a tone to it. I, I don't think so now. It's called pulling teeth. We know what that means as a saying. That's rough. Mm. And I just, I, I think, I, and again, I don't think it's bad. I just, as a kid, I mean, this this song makes me think, Made me think. Oh, is this Weezer? Is I, re- I briefly thought this sounds not like them to me. Okay. And I thought the "I'm all busted up" was just another like I'm all I'm, I'm all troubled inside and hurt and bandage all my emotional wounds. But this is about physical abuse. And I guess we talk about punk, <laughs> the idea of punk. Um, you know, we talk about Nirvana, the idea of Nirvana. I guess I would gravitate towards the safer things because that's what my life knew. I had the emotional distress, but I didn't have the physical threats that maybe comes through in a lot of these songs. So yeah, I, I did not did not see that. Does it make it hard to enjoy the album knowing that? Or the song? 
Um, makes it a little harder to enjoy the song for me. Because you're older then. Because I'm no. older. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, it's still... I don't think I'd skip it if I, and I didn't as I'm listening to the album and I listened to it a few times. It's not like I skipped over it or anything. But yeah, I probably would it wouldn't be the song I picked to put on a a a mix for a friend. But it's not like it's not a social activist. It's not a piece of social activism. They're not No, making, like it's not Jeremy off of uh uh, a 10 where it's like this is about violence in school and this is an important song about issues this is still a, a, a catchy little here's our drums punk song yeah i mean i think i'm sure that they'd be fine i think i don't know if they intended but you, you could take a message away from it that that abuse happens in all forms to all people uh in relationships um so there's that but they don't drive that home it's really just a very straightforward uh, kind of first person telling of here's this relationship I'm in accidents will happen uh, but this is getting pretty shitty uh, I just have to is she, is she okay is she disturbed is she ultra violent um, I just got to keep telling her I love her and, and maybe it'll get better um, you know just straightforward and then you take from that uh, what you will which is fine you write a song about that it's just it's interesting because I can't and still can't, and thankfully can't, relate to that. For yeah. something that I think is such a personal album, and we're about to see how this is about me, wow, this really, this is a stumbler for me. Not not in a knocking way, I'm just like, this is out of theme. This is like when Aerosmith puts Janie got, Janie's Got a Gun in sure. the middle of their song about 40-year-olds jerking <laughs> off the Shit. high school kids. This is This is weird. Yeah, it, it definitely stood out. To be out. fair, it's... that actually follows a song about drug addiction, which follows three songs about 40-year-olds <laughs> jerking off about high school kids. Thank you for being fair, too. Uh, to Aerosmith, yeah. to be fair. to On, on Pump, 1989's Pump. Um, is that the yeah, one where I'd... the car is humping the other car? It would have to be, because it's called Pump. <laughs> right. But it's, it's Get a not Grip the is the one where the cow, cow got nipple. pierced and had it. it. Yeah, okay. that's Get a Grip. <laughs> and then I believe that was followed up with Nine Lives, which I, I think oh, is yeah. a... Is actually, it was followed up by a compilation called Big Ones, uh-huh. which was Greatest Hits and Not Testicles. Yeah. But this is not an Aerosmith episode, thankfully. This is, uh, and I and I only say that because to get back to this, talking about pulling teeth being out of out 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 of maybe something I could relate to. The fall, the track after that, track seven, which I think if it was a cassette closes out the side, and track seven, it was also one of their bigger hits. Um, Basket case, basket case, yes, sir, was probably my favorite song for a bit, at least off of this album. Yeah. It it was like the perfect romanticizing of how lost I felt at that age, you know. The it had you know it had melodramatic, neurotic, you know, the, I paranoid words I loved at that age, words I wanted to do, but it also had a lyric um, in it where he says, "Sometimes I give myself the creeps," and just hearing that, where it's he's talking about himself, I at that age, at nineteen, I didn't know that other people felt like that. You know, I didn't know that the, the, the sense, you know, self-loathing and this unease I had in my own skin, I didn't know other people had that, that it was relatable, that you, 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 you could put that in a song and express that. 
So those were words, and those were a feeling. That's when the British-sounding voice became less British and more just became my internal voice. This was the song that I'm like, yes, I get that. I am fucking tearing myself up inside because I'm just I'm I'm falling to pieces here in college. Like that was a feeling, and this song, and it's a fun song, and it's a fast song, and it, and it builds, and it's so catchy. And yet, I I do know that I related to every word, unless you're about to tell me that this is about some horrible animal <laughs> treatment and, and, and abuse or, or Republican platforming. But it's actually about Easter. What I, Oh, God, I hate these. That's one of the worst things in the spring. But no, I just, every word that I knew and could hear in this song, like lit up a little Richard depressed chakra in me kind of thing. I just, I loved and loved, but loved at the time relating to this fucking song. Yeah. I feel like I relate to it more now than I did then. Oh really? Yeah. Exactly. I, I've 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 eased off of it a little bit. Really? Why? Why now? Oh, uh, I, I mean, to get personal, I'm I'm going through some hard shit, um, in my life, and and I feel like maybe it's my own doing. Uh, I feel like I whine to people a lot. Uh, not everyone, but certain people. Um, <clears throat> you know, melodramatic, neurotic, um. Anxious, anxiety disorders, all this shit happening to me <clears throat> that I'm, you know, I'm working through. Uh, but hearing it, listening to this album again uh, and hearing that, it's it hit me more now than it did then. The video is in a mental hospital, correct? Yes. I believe they're Very all- yeah, colorful so, mental hospital. Yeah, I guess I had not been to one, <laughs> you know, I had not visited one yet, so I didn't know that at the time. But so there, I mean, I think what you were just describing, I'm not breezing over what you were just saying. I just didn't know how much you want to talk about it. But I just, I feel like there is definitely the unhealthy self yeah. theme in this. There's definitely a I need help theme in this, mm-hmm. which sounds like might be what you're connecting with. I it's odd because just at the time, I think I was hearing the same words you're hearing now. And I don't, you know, a 19 year old and, and a 43 year old, they don't have the same problems. But this, at the time, this felt like an identity. This felt like owning this trouble. This felt like I'm, this is me. I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. Yeah. And again, I just that sometimes I give myself the creeps line is just, it's a simple line, but it also just, it sums up being aware of yourself, at least for me at that age. And apparently for a lot of people, it's just like, uh, I'm this, <laughs> I'm not them. I'm not, you know, I get the, I'm, I wish I could be him. I wish I could be her. I wish I could be them, blah, blah, blah. The things they have, the things they do, but the whole, I have to be this <laughs> feeling, which I thought was just me feeling that. Like I, I, again, just to, to set it to this tune, but I don't relate to it now. You, 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 I don't, no, I, like, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot, but I think we're going to find there's a song later that I still relate to on this album. But this one, I still love it, but I'm not I'm not identifying with it, but it sounds like you are. Yeah, I feel like maybe I've, I've always felt like I do everything a little later in life than everyone else. <laughs> so I'm going through, <clears throat> uh, I don't know if I want to call it a midlife crisis, because um, I don't know where my midlife is supposed to be, but I, I definitely have... Um, you call it about a healthy self. I, I'm not. I'm not mentally healthy. Um, working through it, 
doing my best. Talking to you is always a good thing. It's good to do. Um, sure. And so, yeah, like hearing this, it's like because it, it, in college, uh, for me anyway, it, yeah, I was I, I was still getting to know who I was, but I felt like you know I didn't have this sort of feeling. I didn't feel like that I was that uh, insecure and, and and creeping myself out like you're you're, you're quoting there. Um, didn't feel paranoid or anything like that. Um, I felt like there was joy and I haven't felt the joy as much lately. I don't know if it's Trump. I don't know if it's everybody else in the world that likes Trump. I don't know if it's my family. I don't know if it's my job. I don't know if it's things I've become and things I haven't become. Um, but I, I feel more broken now than I did then. So this song, uh, upon re-listening was, uh, kind of my first time hearing it in a way this listening to it for today yeah are there other songs right now that kind of because i think it's what we're saying we do with how you're feeling now and with you know just the fact that it's you know you're in your 40s so you're not the kid in school finding this music are there other songs that soundtrack your feelings right now are there other things you hear where you're like okay that's me that's me i can connect to that uh yeah yeah, there are there are some. Um, are they artists your age? Don't name them. Yeah, mostly they are because that's mostly what I'm. I'm, I'm still, you know, buying albums. You know, album five, six, seven, and eight from bands that I've listened to. You know, since college. Um, so they're my age, um, and so and they grow and they sing about different things. They're singing about children and they're singing about family and they're singing about you know um, adult insecurities. Um, so yeah, I definitely relate to those things. So this is different though, then, because you're relating to kids. I'm relating to, to a song by kids, but not to you as a kid. Yeah, but because I'm just relating to the song and the lyrics, because at some point that becomes it becomes universal. The song is just the song; it doesn't matter who sang it and how old they were when they did. Um, well, and so that's what I'm relating to. Okay, I mean, I hmm, I don't know if I agree with that last statement, but know. it's it's well. Because I think that's all part of it. I think, like, like I don't know how old Bob Dylan was when he sang some of his songs, and the songs just are relatable to. what Do you they relate are. to Bob Dylan's songs? No, that was just the random name I decided. <laughs> well, that's to but that's choose. the thing we don't. I don't know. I think people growing up in the '60s did in the '70s. But that's what I'm saying. Thing. Yes, I knew. I know this band, so I know that they were younger, and I know that I was younger. But uh, but music eventually. But you're still part of the person. You, you know who you are younger now. There's still a tether that connects that. Sure. So these kids that you related to at the time were hitting on something that has followed you or caught up with you. Caught or up with me, I guess. Or, or has just occurred in your life. Yeah. And I think it, I always feel like it matters who's writing at what age because I don't know. And it, it, it's contradicting what you're saying or contradicting where you're at. But if Green Day came out with Basket Case now being rich Broadway musicians, I wouldn't buy it. No, I, yeah. And I wouldn't get attached to it, but I can get attached to this because I'm like, for me, it was at the right time with these punk kids. And now listening to them, like, well, they were punk kids at the time. Right. So I can connect to that. So I think that's important, but that's separate, I guess. What, what, what Here, it's kind of like you're... I'm you, taking you, the song on its on its own. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing the song removed from who's singing it uh, and when they sang it. And, and, and so I'm just I hearing the song now. That. 
If you if can. I know the band, I can, well, I guess if I don't know the band, I could do it. If you're just hearing a song, you're like, who is that? You can't put a face on it. Well, maybe it's because it's just the the song's ubiquitous. It's just been with me forever, you yeah. know. And so it's just a, a, a another song on the collection, so to speak. And uh-huh. so I'm not really at this time anyway connecting it to to those three individuals or Billy Joe or me in college. It's just here's the song that I'm again hearing, but I'm hearing it today and I'm hearing it differently or, or freshly today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there, is there a comfort in hearing in it or is it more just, well, that at least this puts music to how I'm feeling, which isn't comforting. It's just melodic. Yeah. It's just, it's just melodic. <laughs> I don't know that there's any comfort right now. And I'm kind of skirting over everything because this isn't really what our podcast is about. Okay, no, and I understand, so, but um, I think there is something in that this I would be curious, and I'm not making light of your, I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm looking at it as an experiment. If you had n- never heard of Green Day and discovered Basket Case today, would it hit you the way it's hitting you now? Or does having known it, does that help? Um, I think having known it helps. And I say that because there's, a, there's another band I've been enjoying lately. Uh, I don't know if you've heard them, Fiddler. I just know they're musicals, they're, <laughs> much like Green Day. It's uh, it's spelled differently, but they're Green Day esque. They've got a power punk thing going on. Um, power punk tradition, uh, and they're tradition. They're younger. They're much younger than I am, and they're singing from their point of view. And I enjoy their music, but I don't necessarily connect to it. And they sing about similar things that that this album is is talking about, you know, not knowing what your life is, just hanging out, drinking beers. Um, and as much as I enjoy the music... Millennials aren't drinking beers. Are they? Oh, craft beers. <laughs> as much as I enjoy this, the music, I'm not connecting to it as much. So to answer your question, I think knowing this song and and knowing that it's... it, I have a history with it, and now I'm, I'm kind of reframing it maybe um, as I'm hearing it today. M- maybe that's why it, it's affecting me more than than exactly like a, a I won't say a carbon copy but a similar band at this time younger fresher uh, not connecting with me even though maybe they're singing about the same exact themes and same ideas um, I like you're saying I, I, I get your point knowing where I am and where this band is these dumb kids singing about this uh, maybe I just don't take it as sincerely as I do this band who were my age at this, you know, uh, at the time they recorded at the time I heard it. Am I making a point? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think it's, at least in my mind, it's illustrating one of the dangers that I try to avoid too, which is ageism, (laughs) which is this idea. And this, and we, I think we all do it where it's kind of like, well, music just isn't the same anymore. Well, the music I listen to, but now it's this movies just don't work like how I knew movies. This isn't my star Wars movie. That mentality, which I've had by the way, is it's just blind. And it's a mentality that can't survive. It's a mentality that the moment you say that you've, 
you've outdated yourself. You're saying I can't experience anything new because of course I don't, I'm never going to go to a, a, a therapist who's half my age. I don't want to talk to them, but I'm not going to look at them and say they can't be a therapist. I'm not going to say they can't have value. I just, I can't relate to it because I have an age issue. And it's true. And I think music works the same. And I think I used, there was a period where I was judgmental of new music, but I mean, I assume there were people who were our age now when Green Day came out who thought they were just ripping off the Sex Pistols or ripping off whatever came before them. And that's not giving credit to the fact that that what they're doing in writing the music, they probably did listen to the Sex Pistols. It's apparent Green Day listened to the Sex Pistols, but they were writing as we're relating to, but to their experience. And if we discredit the, the artist and if we discredit the experience, then we're discrediting everyone who's not us, who haven't, who hasn't had our experience. Cause there are similarities as you're pointing out, you have some, this fiddler, you have shared experiences. You're not going to relate to them because they also have different aspects of being the different ages. They're not going to relate to you, but you do have a shared experience. So when they create the art with that, you're able to listen to it and enjoy it. Maybe not connect, maybe connect, but, but you're not judging it which I just, that's so much of what I think nostalgia unfortunately is, is judging where things are at and forgetting that something has always predated this and none of us are the height of art where relating to something. And I, I think this particular Green Day album just happens to have a lot that we can relate to and, and tether through. And, and, and maybe we should move on to the next track. Is that right? That's what would be my guess. I used to flip the CD here and then I didn't, couldn't hear a thing. Um, track eight is a song called She, and it is a good segue, by the way. It's a great song to flip to. This uh, She kind of feels like how you build a mixtape. This is a good starter. Um, and I feel like this is almost a ballad, maybe. Or at least at the time, I probably thought it was a ballad. Well, it was definitely... I thought- Compared to all the songs that have come before it, uh, a little more subdued musically. Um, this is still, you know, guitar rock heavy, but just a little more mid tempo, I guess. Do you like it? Uh, yeah, I've always enjoyed it. Um, I have too. This was one I used to listen to a lot, actually. Yeah, and and again, you know, um, learning more about the lyrics uh, this listen than I did ever before. Oh, no, um, no, no, no. I'm actually surprised it hasn't kind of resurfaced a little bit um, because it is about a woman finding her voice and breaking free of of the uh, the path that was made for her by others, um, and really? that's really you know that's that's happening a lot these days. That's that's a big topic and. And uh, it surprises me that that more folks aren't kind of coming back to the song. But again, it's twenty five years old. So uh, who's who's listening to to she track eight off of Green Day's third album? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how people if because I feel like I would when I got into music that was twenty five years old or twenty years old or whatever at the time. I guess I heard songs in the radio, I would get greatest hits, but you would still pick up albums. Green Day has survived. Green Day has a new following. Green Day, and then maybe this is where we talk about it, Green Day is a different band <laughs> than they were back then. But there must be people who who, who would reach back and find this. And, and that that's that's interesting. I wonder if it has been discovered by people. We're, we're not going to hear it <laughs> if it has been. But maybe it has been rediscovered for, for what seems like progressive for the time. Yeah. Subject matter. Um, right after it is um, 
Track nine is Sassafras Roots. Yes, sir. Uh, this was another one of my favorite album or favorite songs. This this is my this is my favorite track on the album. Sassafras Roots. Yeah. Is. It's almost a ballad too, actually. It's, it's a love song. It's it's completely <laughs> it a love song. And and I think this is part of part one reason why it was um, my favorite song in the album is because this was the Harry Connick Jr. version of me kind of getting a little uh, edgier with with <laughs> with this. This is Harry Connick punk right here. Uh, <laughs> just a love song to somebody just talking about wasting time. You're not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. Why don't we just hang out around not doing anything together? And it's simple and it's it's what I related to. That's what I related to more than than you know uh, breaking down and not knowing, creeping myself out. I related more to I'm just lazy. Um, I don't think it's lazy. No, I don't think it's lazy. I don't think it's lazy. I think this song is very important. I think what you're getting at is very important for what that point of the '90s or at least college meant. It sounds like to both of us. This song is. And I was saying it was romantic. It's also just what hanging out with someone in college felt like. That wasting your time aspect. And, you know, it's it's a clever little uh, waste your time. Like, that's romantic. But just that idea, you know, of just being with someone and avoiding everything that you were supposed to do, basically. This sitting around, kind of what we're doing on these microphones right, right now that no one may end up listening <laughs> to. Just this... It's like there are so many things you could be doing, but this is what I'm doing, and I'm doing it with you, with someone. Be it be it a romantic song, the Harry Connick Jr. angle, or just be it that idea of this was being 20-something, or teen, late teens, 20-something, and not lazy. I think it's swatted down as being lazy because it's a waste of money, maybe. But this idea of wasting time, everything is a waste of time as we're finding out. And this one of doing it with someone, there's a connection there. Yeah, this this song is, is deeply romantic and deeply sweet. I'm happy to hear it's your favorite song. Well, did it's this also, show up on a lot of mixtapes that you made? Uh, yeah, I would imagine it did. I don't have a count, but yes. Um, <laughs> oh, you don't? You don't keep track of that? It's also like the, it's the bounciest song. It's the happiest sounding song. You know what I mean? Like all, all the songs we've talked about being energetic, this one actually to me has a happy baseline to it. It is the most danceable song. Like instead of thrashing, which was also fun to do, you could actually dance to this one. I feel oh, see, I thought everything was just about jumping up and down in this album. <laughs> what does the title mean? Um, you know, I'm not exactly sure, but I did read uh, as uh, as we both did the Wikipedia page, and I guess he wrote it about his girlfriend at the time, and I think she was from Brazil or somewhere um foreign to america and i don't know if maybe sassafras is a specific reference to something in her culture because those are her roots i don't know i'm just pulling at straws well i mean um pulling at roots pulling it, it that's pulling teeth. make it more of a ballad if he was singing to someone yeah no this the song is great this is this is a song that has been in my head for 25 years off and on. This this comes back and forth, back and forth. Talk about a song being in your head. <laughs> is that a segue? It's a segue. I was about to do the same Track one. Track 10. Mm-hmm. What's that one called? When I come around. 
That was terrible. I'm sorry. That wasn't British. That wasn't British I was, enough. I was just writing a check to Polygram or whoever <laughs> owns this. But um, and but yes, when I come around, this one actually might have been my favorite song. Oh, yeah. I, I think it was for a while. Yeah, because this this song. And now too, this your different reasons, but this one comes back a lot to me. This felt like how I was spending time. Hmm. You know, this song, similar to "Good" by Better Than Ezra, for some reason. Which whenever I hear that, I always think about trying to find a parking space at the mall. <laughs> but this song, this this was that feeling of sort of that weird again being in college, being in Boston, where we didn't have a campus, it was just buildings up and down the street tying in with convenience stores and bookstores and then you know all night shops or whatever this song was just that weird sort of prowling around the streets thing of going from store to store at night you know walking around the sun going down moving around newberry comics tower records the convenience store then getting back to the dorms and just doing the same thing going from room to room knocking seeing who's up going downstairs out with them back with them I guess just to avoid, I don't know, responsibility. I don't avoid work mm-hmm. assignments, but just to be looking for someone. And I don't know if this is what the song is about, but it's it just feels like that wandering. And I did that well past college. I did that probably through the early part of this current century into in my 30s. Then my legs went. Now I just like to sit. But it's just... Again, I don't know, and I'll ask you in a minute what it's about, but to me, this song just feels like that and encapsulates that wandering about aimlessly and not hopelessly, but just wanting to find people that I couldn't do in my hometown. I didn't do that in my hometown. I didn't do that before getting to college. So having done it for a year at that point and having this song hit, this is another one like Basket Case where I'm like, how did they know I did this? How did they know this is what it feels like? How did they write this? Is that what the song's about? Uh, I, I think so, to to a bit of an extent. Um, it's more of a specific, uh, uh, my interpretation, it's more of a specific song uh, from a man to his girlfriend or maybe ex-girlfriend. And basically it's like he's singing to her, you do what you need to do. Um, I'm always going to be here. I want to come around if we want to get together we can if if you don't we don't kind of thing but um when i did take a look at a couple of videos uh just to kind of remind myself of the videos and in this one this is the one where they basically are just walking around and when i watched it i immediately thought of you and i and maybe joe francasio uh chris nasini there would be times where this weekend names you don't know yes former uh guests of the show um, uh, Chris Nassini was, yeah. that's true um, there, there were times We would just like walk over to Burger King Down past <laughs> Do you remember this? The daring lifestyle of an around. We would just walk around And that's what they're doing in that video We would just walk, and, and just the look of them is like Kind of aimlessly, maybe not even talking to each other But just walking to see who they're going to bump into um, To see who we would bump into And, and you can't can't do anything and interact with anyone unless you're moving around and, and checking things out. And, and yeah, we totally did that. And, and, uh, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And, and I still like it. This still feels relevant a little less than the last couple of years, I guess, but no, I, I love this song. Um, track 11 coming clean. Um, great first lyric, the 17 and strung out on confusion, but I don't think I ever really listened 
to this one. I think I usually would have stopped around when I come around. Mm. And this one, I don't know. I'm not, this one feels a little forced to me as well. Yeah. Which again, that's not a huge deal. There's 15 tracks, but I don't relate to the lyrics. I can't make out the lyrics that much, but was the, I didn't really remember this song. Um, again, for me, it was the music. I like the music of the song. I like how it open. It's got a different kind of opening than the rest of the songs. Uh, cause it's sort of like drawn out a little. Um, but yeah, I didn't really like the back half of this, like you're saying after, uh, when I come around, I, I probably heard less than everything else. And it's not that they're bad. I just feel like it's one of those things where it's like, I guess now because of CDs, you, you want as much as you can get because you can skip around. But to, to listen to it as a full album, even though it's, well, I guess it's like a 40-minute album. It's, 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 it's sure, a shorter yeah. album. I'm exhausted by this point. <laughs> Take a song or two out. I don't think we need well, this. And, and, I mean, the songs, as as they're pretty similar. Like you were saying, they have the same DNA. Um, you know, you've got guitar bass drums on each track nothing else really um i think there's an acoustic guitar coming up next or or soon um soon but not yet but uh otherwise it's like every song is is pretty similar in fact not being able to hear it right now there are times where i'm looking at these lyrics and i'm like i can't quite get the melody (laughs) of what this song is uh, because they're just the kind of blend together like you were saying uh sometimes uh uh deliberately but then other times it's like, was it? Wait, this is the guitar heavy one. No, yeah, um, it is the guitar yeah. heavy. One. Uh, to their credit, they do all at least have a lyric that sticks out. Right. There is still something there, like the next song, the track twelve. Emnius em- em- sleeps. Is that what it's called? I think so. I've never tried to say it out loud. Emnius sleepus. So it's supposed to be like the Wiley Coyote titles when they freeze. Yeah, yeah I think it's like a Latin. Supposed to be a Latin. Uh, yeah naming type yeah. of thing i it's got the i th- think i'm sick and i want to go home line which i remember and it's like that should be your last track then go sure. from when i come around to this because that's kind of a finale i mean i have to say this it didn't hold my attention today when this song came on and i know it's not very long i suddenly realized i was looking at something on my phone <laughs> like i without even thinking i was just like i i zoned out i never listened to it really when i had the album although i guess i remembered that one lyric seem familiar but yeah i this this song you could have just cut to this make it a 12 track album and this could have been the last track because it wraps things up pretty quickly do you like it do you like this song uh yeah i don't mind it i'm asking that a lot sorry yeah you don't mind it no like i said every every track uh made it onto my my itunes so uh there's really not a track on here that i don't like what about track 13 in the end um I, I like it. I honestly can't tell you what it sounds like. If it's an afterthought, yeah. I'm trying to uh, read the lyrics and figure it out. <laughs> I've got it written down I don't, here. I don't remember oh. listening to it at 19. Uh, no, well, yeah, I can't tell you how it sounds. I hate that. But I did write <laughs> Just down. To this I really too. liked it, though, when I, when I listened to it. And I like, too, that it sort of tags back to when I come around. Because it's another relationship song, basically about um, whatever, like, she's off doing something else. Maybe you'll come back to me. But in the end, I realized I don't really like you. And there's actually a line in here about uh, if you come around. Um, what does he say? Pa, 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 pa. Something circular. So, yeah, so he goes, so I hope I won't be there in the end if you come around. Hey, it just came back to me. 
Oh, yeah, it's not bad. I yeah. vaguely remember I that. I like that song. Your performance was great, by the Thank way, but you. the song's not um, bad. So basically now it's like she's going to come around. So he was singing before, when I come around, you know, maybe we can hook up. And now in this song he's saying, if you come around, I hope I'm not there because I've realized I don't like you. That's nice and artistic. I hadn't had that experience at 19, having not <laughs> dated anyone. So I didn't have that abusive dominant position. So maybe that's why that didn't stick with me as well. Um, right after that, uh, FOD, F-O-D? Yes. What does that stand for? Uh, that stands for fuck off and die. Really? And uh, That's what I, I've been told. And that is a lyric in the song, so I, I tend to believe it. Okay. This is a dud of a song. It's just, and the, the album's ended twice already now, there's this. Yeah, well, for it's me, not, I like this not song. Not I want to hear it. You do. Um, for its uh, slow, the acoustic opening, and then it kicks, I like, I don't like, I like that moment where it kicks into the full band. Uh, so it goes from acoustic and then it goes da na 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 with the full band. Um, so I like that music uh, musical aspect of it. Um, you, were you just humming "Sweet Emotion"? I don't think so, but oh, okay. probably. Ben-a-na-na-na. Was that what you said? <laughs> Did I? <align laughs> that is, but isn't "Sweet Emotion" is? Uh, no, I'm not even. Ben-a-na-na-na-na. Yeah, there's there's an extra na na in there. Yeah, and I, I feel a little bit like Vanilla Ice defending <laughs> Ice Ice Baby, but you're right. right. They're very different. They, those two are actually different songs. But so you like FOD. I like I like that musical hit. I uh, didn't really know the lyrics. I didn't know what FOD stood for until this morning. So uh, it wasn't like a when song. When someone shouted it to you yeah. outside of a commuter bus. <laughs> um, it yeah, wasn't I a song that stuck with me, but I like that that musical hit of the acoustic guitar and then banging in with the drums and guitar and bass and the whole band. I guess okay. All I remember, and the actually, I listened to I streamed this album on on Google Play, which has a shitty app, but is a fine service. Um, so they didn't do this, but I do remember that the album, and I think this was because they were still making cassettes. This has a on the album had a lot of dead space after it before going into the last song. Yeah, the hidden track, the All by Myself track fifteen. Yeah. And it's like, that's a, I get it when you had a record or a cassette and you kind of had to validate the length of it. It's weird when that was on CDs. Like Nirvana did it, other people did it, where it's like, a, yeah, there are a lot of hidden tracks from. You have all this dead space before it comes up and it's just odd on a CD, I guess. But, uh, but this song, All by Myself, this is a, this song annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah. I thought it was comical at the time. They think they're so adorable. They're not, by the way. They think they're so adorable here. His voice, that's not his voice, is not that one of the other members? Yeah, that's sing? the drummer. That's Trey Cool. Oh, he should not sing like that. It's just, this felt like all the dumb follow-up, ugly kid Joes and all those. Oh, that actually predates this album. What am I saying? Follow-up. But this just felt like a dumb radio. Offspring, Aren't maybe? We, well, I don't know. Offspring. Live. It's not anything um, like live. Live no, but I'm just it just it, this was the one time where I feel like they thought they were making a joke. I don't even know if they are, but I'm just like it's a song about masturbation, right? Uh, and stalking, I thought, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe okay. I can see that. Um, a little, I, I'm not just waving that off. But I just, I just, it's 
This is the one that felt like they thought they had a joke and you're going to laugh at this. And I just, I did not. I kind of, I feel like it's sort of probably something they threw together in the studio, shitting around, you know, just goofing off. And it turned out well enough that they thought, again, just throw it on as a little hidden track, a little something extra for fun, for the fans. And it's not even that loud. It's just bad. But that doesn't discourage me. I mean, this Dookie, that we're at the end of it now, the, the, the Dookie is, an, is a pretty phenomenal album. It really is. And I didn't realize how impactive an album, until I sat down to really think about it today before we started recording, that how to, to me personally. Yeah, I don't think of this album when I think of you. I don't think of this album when I think of us. Because, you know, we lived together for so long. It's not something that we ever shared necessarily, you know? It's not like you and I ever really were talking about Green Day. But you you kept up with them. You kept up, up with them till I guess, their first – because they did fade. I always forget that. They fell off for, for a couple years and yeah. came back with American Idiot. And now they're praised as a rock band, really. And right. not a punk band. They have a musical. But these are just terms. A Broadway yeah. musical. Which is fine. I'm not trashing that. Right. I, I no, just, no, no. They're, I don't, but they're different. I don't like that album. They're different. They're different. And that's great. They don't have to identify by that title anymore. They're adults. People grow. This album, I I got it. I regained an appreciation listening to it today. Right. Yep. And then I just gained another appreciation for it, just talking to you about it tonight, that it could do that, that in any album can, but that this, as you said, 25-year-old album. 25 could become relevant to you again yeah again and differently yeah it's it's sort of it's no longer stuck in time it's just it's everywhere now for me just like space hog (laughs) just like exactly like space hog and we'll be talking nothing but Space Hog for the rest of the year. No, that's not true. But we will be talking about something <laughs> in uh, two weeks. We'll be back in two weeks. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to add about, about Green Day? I or? think I've said enough on this episode, Tim. I, I, I think, well, I think you said a lot. And I think I'm, I got something out of that. What, but but yes, why don't we, before we, we, before we bring up Space Hog a third time, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening today to 20th Century Pop. Uh, visit 20popcast.com if you're online. That's our main website. You'll always find the most recent episode up there streaming so you can hear it. you also find links to all of our past episodes. This is our 93rd episode, so there's a lot to choose from. I would invite you to listen to some of those, share them with some people. If you do like the show, if you want to be updated every time a new episode drops, which right now is about every other week, uh, you can subscribe to us at that same website. You'll find links to subscribe to us on uh, on what on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, Google Play, other pod catching devices. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Subcultist. Follow us on Instagram at I'm sorry at twenty. I'm giving my own. I'm fucking this up. Social media, you can follow us at 20popcast at both Twitter and Instagram. You probably don't want to after that because if it, if it reads the way I speak, it's a mess. But you can also like us on Facebook. Uh, you can follow me personally at RH Canning on Twitter. And uh, I, I always say this, um, what do you think of the album Dookie? Which is weird that I say that on all of our episodes and it's finally under 93rd. It, it actually makes sense. But what do you think of Dookie and Green Day and, and do you still listen to them? 
let us know. Space Hog. I love it when a band has a song named after themselves. Space Hog has a space Does hog. Space Hog? Yeah. Oh, because I know the Modern Lovers. I just love it. Green Day it has a song called Green Day on one of those earlier albums that I'm really? curious to hear what Green Day sounds like by the band Green <sighs> I, Day. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't <laughs> like it when a band references themselves in the song. Sometimes if it's a phrase, like, I guess Bad Company had to. Apples and Stereo. I, I understand it. Oh, I hate that band. Anyways. Oh, but I love that band. Aerosmith. Aerosmith does it in a couple songs, and they refer them. This is in the I don't know if it's the eighties or nineties. So they're in their late thirties, early forties. Stephen Tyler refers to themselves as the boys in Aerosmith. I hate it when people refer <laughs> themselves as the boys like that, like they're playing uh. volleyball. The Kenny Loggins shirtless with the star of Willow, oh, and man. also that doctor who has cancer and ER, and maybe Meg Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> 